Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on the Whole Whale podcast, we have our own internal head of ads, our ads lead, Ali Glazer, to talk about none other than the Google ad grant, the infamous, the one of a kind, the tons of money that fall from the sky from Google. How's it going, Ali? Pretty good. How are you? Doing all right. And I'm excited. It's not just general ad grant. We're going to be specifically talking about, hey, it's Q4. What should you do? What should you know? And uh, what are the kind of things that you're looking at? But before we get into it, what's What's new in the ad world for you, Allie? Actually, just a lot of a lot of ad grant generally, a lot more investment in paid search from some of our organizations that typically rely on social or display. So definitely seeing a lot more buy-in to like the concept of paid search generally, which I personally like to see. This idea of pay-to-play becoming a reality, the sort of previous previous hope that you could simply earn it, right? Like write great content and people will just find you or great social media posts. And somehow Zuckerberg will not, you know, throttle your organic reach is now becoming uh, just more practical. And it, it seems like a lot of our clients are spending or finding us because they want to pay to play and, and measure the the return on that. Yeah. I think that or relying on organic content or social content generally does work for some organizations, but what I think is a sort of unique benefit of paid placements generally is when we do rely on, let's say, organic social in general, we're really only talking to our friends over and over again. Mm -hmm. So if you are, let's say, an HIV AIDS organization, you might not be reaching the people who need your information or services the most. Instead, you're reaching people who already know what you're trying to talk to them about. And so when we do think about organizations that are really trying to change people's minds or get people into programs that they need, but might not know that they need, paid becomes really uniquely necessary. And as soon as you're realizing that you're just preaching to acquire and to have real impact, actually, you need to be outside the church to extend the metaphor way too far. It's time to pay to play. And before we get into also our, our main topic, I'm curious because it's going around so much the, uh, the the shift to Apple's terms of service and privacy. Like, how much of a wrench has that has that been, and how are you adjusting? And can you give us a quick summary of what that actually means? Like, Apple did a thing. What is that thing? Yeah, we essentially have less access to user data that's provided by third parties. So when we talk about relying on pixels to build retargeting audiences or to track conversions across different platforms, our ability to do that is just much, it's a lot more reduced now than it was a couple of months ago. Um, So far, we actually, we we are seeing a difference, if you could believe that. I think there is a part of us that was hoping like maybe it'll just keep, the train will just stay on the tracks, everything will be the same. Definitely not, not the case. I think that at this point, we still have enough um, kind of like first party user data. So we're still relying on 
those email lists and, and lookalikes of those and existing donor or volunteer lists. And I think that that will be sort of our path forward is relying on the data that we're able to collect ourselves more. Um, but we are seeing some, some challenges around tracking and sort of campaign optimization based on what specific platforms can collect and then use themselves. And so I think that's something that we're still kind of learning how big of an issue it is for us. Um, and it is something that's making it even more important that we have our own tracking through Google Analytics or other donation platforms as secure as possible, because we're just not able to rely on the actual advertising platforms as much as we were before. So does that actually also extend to, say, Google Analytics being able to pull data <clears throat> into my AdWords, uh, my AdWords configuration, obviously you're paying to play. Can I not retarget people that have been to my website through Google because of this change? We are still able to do that. What I will say is it's not something that we do very often with um, Google Ad Grant. I actually don't think it used to be possible. There's also much less, there's, there's a very different reason to retarget people with a paid search campaign. Um, the value isn't as, as direct as it is on, on some other display or social platform. So it isn't something that has um, really affected our, our paid search or ad grant um, strategies or campaigns very much at all at this point. And we are still able to sort of import our important conversions and um, other sort of on-site actions into the Google Ads account for um, campaign optimization and, and like some measurement. What I think is interesting here is that the difference between the way Facebook has traditionally used that pixel pixel tracking for mm. for tagging, remarketing, and tracking was dependent on the fact that that platform was interrupting fundamentally, interrupting users as they you know wandered about whatever groups, feeds, and whatnots on their platform versus versus this idea on Google, which is I don't really need a cookie to tell me that somebody is looking for, you know, how to find out about a vaccine or how to help with carbon credits. They're self-identifying via behavior. And that's one of the reasons I, I think uh, I do like the Google ad grant. I think it gets back to the, the reason why many, many years ago back in, you know, like Oh five, that the ad grant program was literally created to help give nonprofits a leg up in content that is directly and adjacent to the concepts and the public awareness that they're trying to achieve uh, in in the sector. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you put it that way because that's how I often frame it. I think that paid search and Google ad grant are sometimes overlooked. They're not as like shiny and like pretty as some of the social and display placements that people tend to like more initially gravitate to, but it is the difference between giving someone what they're asking for in the exact moment that they're asking for versus, as you put it, like interrupting their peaceful scrolling with a message that they might not be like interested in or, or ready to hear. So it is like a very unique value to organizations. And for those reasons, generally does have a higher return overall in a lot of, a lot of the areas that we're looking at. So the Google ad grant, unique from and separate, firewall separate from paying for a search. Give us the rundown. What is the, the Google ad grant for, for those that, that don't know? Yeah, the Google ad grant is available to nonprofits, so 501c3 organizations, 
it gives up to $10,000 a month in in-kind paid search advertising. So it doesn't apply to Google Display Network or YouTube ads. Um, and it, it doesn't end. So that's something that we, we hear a lot. It doesn't run out to this point. As you said, if you got it in 2005, you could still have it now. Um, and it's sort of up to you and your organization to take as much advantage of the $10,000 a month that's available. Um, and those ads run as typical search ads do with a couple of sort of technical caveats, but it's a really great resource. We have a lot of, almost all of our clients, I think, have it and almost all of them max it out every month. And it's a really great sort of supplement to other like marketing sources. Yeah. And it's, it's throttled per day. And also that $2 last time I checked for the majority of ads, $2 max on the CPA, correct? Yeah. $2 maximum cost per click, unless you're do it using maximized CPC, yeah. strategies, which is, is recommended by, by Google and is something that we use pretty often. I want to touch on the fact that this is a per day, per month type of ad campaign. And especially because we're talking about this in Q4, we'll be releasing this in December, uh, November, I'll say. <laughs> we'll get our act together, get this out. How would you say that you switch or adjust ad grant campaigns for Q4? Yeah, not to not to give this answer, but it definitely depends on the organization. So one thing I do think about a lot is if you are an organization that is primarily focused on distributing information, you should continue to focus on that. So if you are trying to distribute information about like lung cancer, let's not stop doing that. <laughs> it, people still need to know that even though it's a holiday. Um, so that's kind of point one is not every organization needs to make these sorts of adjustments. Um, that said, if you are an organization that can kind of creatively respond to seasonality, then I think that's valuable and and important. Something I do try to warn people against is just because you as an organization are considering this like giving season um, or because we call it that in theory doesn't mean that people are going to randomly start searching for how to give money to your organization. And so I wouldn't put all of your eggs in that bucket. Um, and instead I would think about how your organization's goals might tie into how people are approaching this couple of these couple of months, generally speaking. So we do see organizations trying to capitalize on like the concept of new year's resolutions or framing like merch or things like that as gifts or really leaning into gifts in honor of other people that might be given as a gift um, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So seasonal campaigns that keep in mind of like someone may be looking for a gift. That's an adjacent concept that you can right. apply to. And is this something you just sort of run the ads and send them to the homepage or how much customization do you think you need to do here? A, a lot of customization. <laughs> the sort of key to the leading question. A. Yeah. to paid search or the Google ad grant in general is that the kind of connection between what the person's looking for, what your ad tells them and what you're offering them on your landing page has to be super, super tight. Um, especially if we're going to kind of take these leaps between considering a gift as a gift to your organization as a gift to somebody else, you kind of have to take the extra steps to make those types of connections for, um, for someone else. I think like a decent example of this is we work with 
um, a animal welfare organization and they have a sort of ongoing meat reduction campaign. And the goal of that for them, of course, is to reduce harm to animals and reduce factory farming. But knowing that a lot of people go into January with a focus on health or nutrition personally, um, people might be searching more for like meatless or like maybe looking to reduce their, their meat intake for a handful of different personal reasons. So maximizing on that with their sort of meat reduction campaign gives them the opportunity to reach the people who are probably most likely to be interested in doing that and also take that education moment to fill them in on what that means for like animals generally. And so what about the very blunt force donate to us because money good. Awesome. Please. I think that it can't hurt. Um, I think let's not like turn everything off and expect that that's going to sort of just take us through the end of the year. I don't think that we've really ever typically seen a huge influx influx of donations via search. So organic or paid for organizations in the end of the year that don't see that already throughout the year. Um, I think like cancer organizations, cancer research, those are, those are areas where we do see people searching on ways to give money, but other organizations, not so much. So what we do recommend a lot is knowing that this is a time of year where nonprofits are putting real money behind paid search. So outside of ad grant, um, running what we call a brand protection campaign can be useful. So straight up saying like, donate to my organization as your target keywords can help you maintain the traffic you might've already gotten organically that in this, these couple of months might be intercepted by other organizations and like might be bidding on your own organization's keywords. So if you are, let's say World Animal Protection, targeting keywords like donate to World Animal Protection can help them maintain the traffic that otherwise might've gone to people searching for donate to WWF and, or sorry, yeah, to people who might've clicked on a WWF ad when they did search for World Animal Protection. Yeah, because people are just advertising broadly and there's, you know, maybe they got the name wrong and we're all frenemies here, but- The, the brand protection is probably something you'd run all year. Is there anything unique to Q4 though about this? Only that the chances, only that we see other organizations bidding on competitor keywords more often around these times. Mm-hmm. So in April, you know, the ASPCA ad might not be showing up when you search World Down Protection, but right now it might be. Um, so it's something that you can monitor throughout the year, but for organizations who don't see that those competitor ads showing up for their own branded searches. We don't typically recommend year long branded campaigns because it, it kind of just ca- cannibalizes the organic search traffic you would have gotten anyway. Mm-hmm. In general, I feel like we promote this idea of drumbeat capture emails, capture leads throughout the year. And then you're just trying to close the deal at the end of the year. Uh, however, I think we do see some success because people are in a giving spirit. I mean, there's there's Giving Tuesday uh, also that that's floating out there. Do we ever see successful ads around Giving Tuesday or is it just a giant digital shouting match? It's shouting. I think it's it's similar to what we kind of just talked about where I, I do encourage you to search like best nonprofit to give to Giving Tuesday. 
I don't think that many people outside of the nonprofit space are actually searching for that. And so I wouldn't encourage that, although it can't hurt. Um, but those, again, are the areas where you might see other organizations' ads showing up for your own branded searches. So making sure that you're there too can be important. Um, but in, I think that's sort of like messaging around Giving Tuesday and around end of year generally doesn't have as much of a home on paid search as it does on some other platforms, including organic platforms like, like email and things like that. You touched on seasonality and how we can pick up threads of like giving a gift or celebrating the holiday X. What type of ad copy do you see working or how do you structure and think about that? So it's not just like donate here. Okay. Yeah. The, um, this is, this is true for anything that we're doing is, um, just updating and responding to exactly what you're seeing people search for is always useful. We used to use that keyword insertion tool that just kind of regurgitated what the user searched right back at them in the headline. And it's so kind of boring and straightforward, but that is what we see consistently work time and time again. So if you are world down protection, let's say, and you're trying to run this meat reduction campaign and tie it to people's health, well, you might, want to frame it as, you know, headline one is save the animals. That's not going to really resonate with the person that is searching for like meat reduction for health. And so my kind of general recommendation is to speak the language that the users that you're trying to reach are speaking um, and tailor it as much as possible as you can over time to what those search queries actually end up being. Because again, we're trying to compete against a litany of other things that pop up in the search results, trying to get people to click and and go through. So the, the keyword insertion just tends to be uh, the relevancy factor you need. However, you do have to keep in mind what keywords that you've done oh. in that list, right? Yeah, I would not recommend actually using keyword insertion. It just like keeps me up at night. But what you can do and what we do a lot of is review the search query report, which gives you what people are actually typing in when they serve your when they are served your ad and sort of adjusting your copy over time to reflect the sort of highest volume search query. Um, and that has a sort of same effect. It just takes a little bit longer, but it's it's a lot safer. <laughs> Yeah, you could imagine somebody typing in, you know, don't be a jerk when you eat meat. And you're like, what? Why is yeah. that? You know, like, or, or competitor names, right? We're, we're talking about that. And like, if you are advertising into that and suddenly you have that, there's this famous ad that, you know, I think it was Pizza Hut or Domino's. One just like inserted their other name uh, into their into their insert keyword. And you're like, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I will, I will say, cause I think it, I was a little unclear before with the Google ad grant, you actually cannot target other organizations names as keywords. So you can only target branded or owned terms that you as an organization own. Um, but what we can achieve by targeting our own branded terms is intercepting other organizations that might be doing that to us in a, in a paid account. Um, but that, mm -hmm. that is the, the, the Domino's Pizza Hut is the classic example, and it is funny in in their example, but we don't we don't want it to happen to us. Mm -hmm. And so we said we can go above that CPC cost if we do a certain type of campaign. Can you just walk me through for someone who's listening now? Like, if 
they said, Allie, can you just jump in our account and create one campaign? How would you structure it and what would you do? Let's say they're they're out there for Save the Whales. Yeah. So if you are Save the Whales and let's say this is a, let's say Save the Whales sells like a cute whale onesie and they want to sell those as, as gifts and use that as organizational revenue. We would create a paid search campaign and we would in our bid strategy, likely select maximize conversions. What that does is it tells the Google platform that our goal with this isn't clicks. Like we don't really care how many clicks we get. We want conversions. It opens a different thing where we need to make sure that those conversions are tracking properly and that that's all configured as well as it could be in the ad account. But what we do then is we give Google a little bit more wiggle room in terms of cost per click if they think that that user is most likely to convert. So then when someone searches for cute whale onesie, they might get served our ad and we might pay like five or $6 for that click. But if we're paying five or $6 for that click and 50% of those clicks turn into conversions, that's not so bad, let's say, um, versus in an instance where we might be using the standard cost per click bidding, we're capped at $2 and we can't possibly compete with other paid retailers who are targeting that same keyword. Um, and so we really do encourage organizations to use maximized conversions as much as possible. It does make us more competitive. It is what Google as a general. And you can do that with the Google ad grant, correct? You said paid search, but this is a, through the Google ad grant, the setting you can go to. Yeah. And it is what the like Google ad grant program recommends. And I think in some instances requires. So what I would just warn against is it, it you will pay more for clicks than you might be used to if you've had this for a long time and you're used to that $2 cap. But if you have specific conversion goals and you have those conversions properly configured, then it, it really it really can't hurt and your CPA is likely to, to go down um, as a result. Mm-hmm. And it's a, I mean, it's a fantastic way to actually compete with some of those, uh, those paid search accounts that are out there. I mean, it will go through your overall amount and I think it's important to keep an eye on budgets, but it's probably where you want that uh, in-kind money spent all in all. Yeah. And there are, there are a lot of different technical ways to control for this. So we can also set a target cost per acquisition. So if we know how much we want to spend on each person to buy our onesie, we can, we can input that and that's recommended too. I think just a lot of organizations might not have a sense of what that is yet. Um, but there, there are plenty of options to be more competitive and still kind of keep things under control. All righty. I, I think that was you know super valuable and gets people thinking about, wait a minute, it's not just a set up a donation campaign. You can really extend it to think about, you know, products that you're pushing out there and then run, run ads against that. And you know, compete with uh, actual paid accounts, which is which is awesome because it's in kind. As a, as we move to the end here, I would like to do a shameless promotion for a cohort we have coming up, and I like the cohort for the ad grant particularly because I, we already have a, an asynchronous course. You could go watch it right now. It's on Whole Whale University. Can you tell us like why we created a cohort and what? is different about the ad grant cohort versus just watching, watching me yammer on about <laughs> ad grants. 
Yeah, I think that the number one thing with the ad grant generally and with all sort of like marketing is that everything is so unique to different organizations. So the challenges that they might be having, the technical questions, the use cases for this for different organizations and different types of organizations is so varied. And so while the standalone course is great and we've done a million webinars and those are great too, I think that we and the people that participate in those always felt a little bit like there was more to do or we could go a little bit deeper. And so we ran a five or six week cohort um, with like a dozen or so organizations, I think, where we spent each week going through the same sort of standard learnings and approaches and strategies that we that we typically do in those webinars and in those courses, but in much greater depth. Um, and I think what was really great about it for us um, and for, for the people that participated is it really gave us more time to answer more specific questions and give a lot more guidance on, on potential approaches and strategies for each of those individual organizations. And we were able to sort of help troubleshoot some more technical conversion things and, and tracking things and incorporate some analytics learning and things like that in there. So it's a lot more holistic. It goes a lot deeper and it is specifically structured week over week to take someone from having nothing in their account to having a full campaign plan and have that campaign fully built and running in their account. So um, it was really great. We're going to do it again. And that's coming up in the spring and it's really just awesome to know that like you start a thing and by the end you have ads literally running they will have been checked over and worked through with uh with you all and uh, your ads team and it's you know it's something that i'm glad we do because you know people learn in different ways and we're very much about the outcomes what actually happens as a result and we love capacity building but I'll just be honest, the, the price of working with Whole Whale is prohibitively expensive for a lot of nonprofits. And I, I see this as a way of being able to work deeply across a handful of groups that, that want to jump in and build that capacity. So uh, definitely appreciate you and the team for, for putting that together and, you know, answering those questions and, uh, and going through because, you know, it's one thing to just talk about, oh, jump in there and click on the ad so it automatically find like something's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to hit a roadblock and you're like, oh, I'll get to it next week. I'll get to it next week. And the thing about the ad grant is that it's use it or lose it. Every day, those dollars are not coming back. And setting it up, especially early in the year and creating that plan that can then, you know, sort of invest that time up front takes much less, right, to, to manage the subsequent months. Obviously, you have to do tune-ups, you have to do checkups, but the weight really is on that initial setup, right? Yeah. And that's what we really try to emphasize in, in the cohort is, you know, we talked a lot today about what you can do for the end of the year, but that is very much not what we sort of preach to people that are earlier on in <laughs> setting up these accounts. Instead, we're like, what can you do today that is going to be true and relevant a year from now? And like maybe even mm. three years from now. Um, things change, but some, some things don't. And so that's what we really stress is like, what can we get set up for you in the next four weeks that you won't really have to do much to in the next four months. And theoretically that's a $40,000 value. So, I mean, I think it just really pays for itself. 
I mean, theoretically, it's 120,000, right? Like 10K a month if you somehow max it out, uh, which is very hard to do. I think like uh, something like only a handful of nonprofits do it, but that the goal shouldn't be to max it out. It should be to max out your potential ROI based on your region, your topic, and the total addressable market. And what's great about kicking off the year with that, what's really great about it is with a sort of set it and semi forget it is that suddenly you've got hundreds of dollars of traffic coming into your site. And let's say you get 1% of that to become emails, right? And you're able to turn one out of 10 emails that you get into a hundred dollar donation. That's called making money. And, uh, and that's, that's the fun part. I think of, uh, of leveraging the ad grant for social impact. Okay. Agree. We too agree. Allie, thank you so much. Anything uh, have you excited as we close out the, the year at Wholewell? No, you know, just the same old. No, we have a we have a lot of, I think, really exciting end of year fundraising clients that I'm really excited to see how those do. And as you know, we've been working a lot on COVID vaccine education and outreach. And I think that this has been maybe my favorite year at Whole Whale as a as a result of that. So excited to kind of close out some of those projects strong and see what more we can do next year. Cause probably will this is not not gonna go away. I think you can legitimately say using ads to potentially save lives without sort of the, you know, sure it does. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, we're, you know, looking at ads that uh, actually can change the trajectory of of someone's life in a small moment of decision. So thank you, Allie. Thank you to the team for the work you're doing. And I know you're just itching to get back to the millions of things you have to do and millions of dollars that must be spent for social impact. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Yeah. And where can people find the, uh, the cohort? Let's close out this, uh, this plug. Yeah. Wholewhale.com slash university. It's featured at the top. I actually added it to the menu. It literally in the drop down. You can go find it as well. The Google Ad Grant cohort happening in the spring and registration is open and fixed to a certain amount of folks. So don't wait too long. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com slash university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 